Well, it's great to see you this morning. Welcome to Fairdale Christian, and uh, man, we're, uh, we're excited that you're here. Although, I, I got to be honest, I am not excited about the fact that there is snow still on the ground in some places. I was not prepared for this emotionally. I wasn't ready. And I, uh, I, I'm missing summer already, but man, I've al- but I've already heard I've had about five people come up to me this morning and say, don't you just love the snow? Didn't you just love yesterday? And I think, you're sick. You, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> but we're glad you're here. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to got a few announcements that I want to let you know of. One thing, uh, I know that, that some of us in here, maybe, uh, maybe you've been coming for a few weeks or a few months, and, and we still haven't had the opportunity to say hi or, or get to know you a little bit. We would love the chance just to say hello. There's a card in the back of the seat in front of you that says belong on it, and if you'd take a few seconds to fill that out and drop it off at the next steps area, we'd love to, to just meet you and say hi and now, of course, those who are watching online, if you drop us a note and let us know you're watching, that you're new, we'd love to say hi to you as well. But we're just, we're just excited that you could be with us today. Now, I always love when we get a chance to celebrate people taking great big steps. And a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a, just a sweet lady that took a huge step in her relationship with Jesus and was baptized, Hope White. We just wanted to celebrate her a little bit and just give God thanks for what he's done in her life. And last Sunday, we also, we, you know, about every eight weeks or so, eight to ten weeks, we have a gathering we call Starting Point. We had a great group last Sunday night that, that were here, and, and uh, we had 13 people that officially placed their membership here at the church. So we just celebrate all those people. There, there they are right there. So give it up for them. Glad to have them part of our family. Now, I want to introduce somebody to you. A lot of you already probably know who this person is, but... Uh, she loves coming up on stage. It's like her favorite thing. This is Mary Art, who's our, our children's minister. And uh, we're, we want to talk about a few big things coming up in just a few weeks. Mary, uh, I know that you're, you're feeling no stress at all in your life right now. No. Because it's the Christmas season, and that means busy, 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 right? Yeah, and just a little clarity on that. So this year has been different for us because we, in uh, the last couple of years, we've had two showings, um, and this year we added a third. So that's we have capacity for 900, and we've given out 900 tickets. Uh, we've got 260 that are waiting. So here's here's one of the things that we know is that there's always a contingency. We figure about 10% of people who will take tickets and then not show up. And so what we're kind of our plea is. Please don't be that guy. <laughs> don't be that guy that took tickets and then you're like, yeah, I'm not coming to that. Because literally there are people that are desperate to have the seat that you have the ticket for. So hope that that increases the value a little bit. If you got tickets, awesome. Uh, please show up. And if you uh, got tickets and you're not going to show up, please return them because there are people that would love to have that. And this is a great event for us as a church. Because I, every year that we do this, it's, it's fun, and man, if you, if you need to get in the Christmas spirit, it's a lot of fun. But uh, one of the cool things, I think, is it's a way for us to 
to show love to our community. Hey, come in. And every year we always have multiple families that start coming to this church and are introduced to Jesus because of this event, which is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, it's a great way for uh, new people to come in a non-intimidating way and uh, get to know who we are. So, yeah, absolutely. It's great for that. Um, on your chair, you also got a card that says Polar Express. This is for volunteers. We cannot do this without some volunteers. So um, if you could come to just one show or multiple shows and you could help us out, if you don't mind to fill this out, and in the back there is a vertical TV with the Polar Express logo, and you just bring that to us, we could really use some help. Yeah, and all these, if you look at the card, um, all of these these areas, they're, they're so important, so crucial. One of the things that makes the event such a huge success is because people like you guys showing up and just being warm and welcoming and inviting people in, and, and uh, you know, we, we really want to make sure we take the extra step this year to... Uh, that we have people that are that are here to just welcome and make sure that this thing goes off without a hitch, but also making sure to invite our friends and guests that are here to, hey, if you don't have a church to worship, we'd love for you to join us, uh, you know, on, on a Sunday morning and, and any time, but especially around Christmas. It's a yeah. great, great opportunity. So any, anything Absolutely. in particular that they need to know about signing up or what they do with these cards? Yeah, uh, no. No. <laughs> No, uh, just uh, anything that you are able to do, um, and if you're willing to, like, the best thing is to just put, put me anywhere, and then we can assign you to wherever, but um, just bring those cards right out to the vertical TV, and uh, one of our people will be there to collect those. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. Now, give, give it up for Mary. She does so much around here. <laughs> Uh, now, I, I want to let you know about a couple other things that we've been talking about. I'm really, really excited about. So this Friday night, we're going to have a special event we're calling Sunday on Friday. You maybe have heard us talk about this just a little bit. Uh, for our, our, we've got a great ministry here, Vibrant Celebrate Recovery Ministry that meets every Friday night. But a lot of our friends that come to this have never been a part of a church or they've never been into a worship service before. That's a huge, I mean... If you can remember maybe your first time walking into a church, how intimidating that is. Uh, it's just a, so we've asked the question, how can we bridge the gap? And so we wanted to have a worship service specifically on Friday night. We're going to have a great meal, Thanksgiving dinner that evening, um, this Friday night, as, as well as a worship service in here. And really looking forward to that. We want to invite you guys to be a part of it. And we're kind of preparing the meal, getting things ready to go right now. We kind of think we know how many are going to be here. But if you're planning on coming and bringing your family, if you could let us know, one of the vertical TVs has this logo on it, if you could sign up just, to, just so we know, hey, we need to prepare for X number of people, that would be awesome. And next Sunday is uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which has always been a big deal for us around here. It's a great day to invite guests, you know, friends to come in and join us. We've got a great worship service planned that day, and we're going to be taking up a special offering. And I told you a little bit about this. But I'm really excited about what's happening in our student ministry right now. We've got a, about 30 to 40 high school, middle school students that are out here every Sunday night. Uh, and Sunday mornings they have a gathering as well. And, and what we are wanting to do is really invest in that ministry to, to renovate some of the spaces that they meet in. And, and things that we just need to do to, so that ministry can double, triple over the next few years. That's what we're looking at. 
And we're excited. We feel like the pieces are coming together. And so we hope that you've been praying about how you can be part of that, uh, asking you to be generous. And we certainly thank you guys. You, you, never, uh, you never let us go without. And God's always provided for our needs. So we're excited about that next week. And I know that uh, it's going to be awesome. God's going to really show up. And we're, we're looking forward to it. But I, I love Thanksgiving uh, next to Christmas. I would say Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because it's just so pure. You know, you just, it's just not really overly commercialized. I mean, what do you do? You get together with your family and friends, you eat, and, and you're, you think about the things that you're grateful for. You know, what's God done in our life over the last year? And I mean, it's, it's hard to get any better than that, in my opinion. And there's just not a lot of complicated stuff about that day. You don't have to worry about wrapping gifts and, you know, trying to squeeze in a bunch of stuff in your schedule. It's just kind of peaceful. And today, it may seem a little bit funny when you look at that title behind me and the graphic and you're like, what are we talking about leftovers? Or not even, we haven't even had the meal yet. What are we, what are we doing? But, and, and when, I think about, when I think about the word leftovers, it would be easy for us to think, well, that's like the stuff that nobody wanted, right? Like whatever is left over was the stuff that was picked over and nobody wants that stuff. But I'm going to push back on that. And what I wanted to do today a little bit creatively, because, because oftentimes as, as Christians, we say, well, let's not, we don't want to give God our leftovers. And, and that's right. You know, I, I agree with that statement. We want to give him our first fruits. But here's what I know about Thanksgiving. And this is definitely true in our house. The leftovers are the best part. Uh, they are, I look forward to the leftover, that turkey sandwich the next day or, you know, later in the evening, man, it just tastes so much better. I don't know, the flavors marinate a little bit and it's just, it is just good. And I tell you, my wife, she makes these, uh, these stuffing balls that her grandma, her grandma made it, her mom made it. It's like a recipe. It's been, it's like a hundred years of being perfected. And they, I mean, the, my, my, my baby, she doesn't get gravy out of a jar or a box or anything like that. She boils the neck and the giblets and, and adds the right amount of stuff to it and makes this homemade from scratch gravy. You pour it all over everything. I mean, it's just, it is just, it is delicious. And here's, and here's what I know and I think about, and maybe this is part of why I love Thanksgiving so much, I think about the food, is if we don't do our math right, there won't be any leftovers, we got to know who's going to be there, and, and i got to calculate and make sure we got more. So if I know, if, okay, if this person, this person, this, we're going to have, okay, we're going to have seven or eight people there. Well, that's going to determine how big of a turkey I need, how many stuffing balls I'm going to need you to make, Megan. I need you to, you know, make a few more of those because I want to make sure we got some that's left over. And I don't look at them as a bunch of scraps. I look at leftovers as a blessing. And here's what's true. You won't have leftovers unless you plan for them. You just won't have it. They'll be gone. It'll, it'll all be consumed. It gets gobbled up. Now, what's the point? I'm convinced that the best parts in your life are the things that you have to plan for. If we're just living and just, you know, being swept away by the moment and whatever feelings, emotions I have... If I'm, if, I'm just, if I'm just existing, there's never going to be any leftover blessings. There's never going to be anything at the end of the day that I can say, oh, look, look at what, what I've accomplished. Look at what we have to enjoy. If you don't allow yourself the time and the space and the margin, it all just gets consumed. 
and you'll never have any time left over. I hear everybody say, I'm just so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so, I've no, I don't have any time to do anything that I want to do because I'm so busy. We haven't made any space for, for it. I don't have any money. I never have any money. I never have any money. I'm so broke. I live in paycheck to paycheck. I don't have any energy. I can't do anything that feels like it's a blessing. All I do is I get up, I go to work, come home, dinner, you know, running kids around everywhere, that's it. And last week we finished up a series on the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul wrote that. And, and there was something else that he said, though, that's recorded in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 20, he says this to us. He says, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. He's saying, you know, I'm not envious. I'm not envious of what anybody else has. If you've got nice things, I'm thankful that you have nice things. I'm happy for you. And I'm also happy and content with what God has provided for me. That's a, that's a great way to live. So we talked about for eight weeks is joy and peace and contentment. You know, that I'm not looking with a jealous eye. I'm, I'm just satisfied with who I am and what God has blessed me with. That's what he's saying. I've not coveted anybody's stuff. And the next verse he says, You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. He says, I was taking care of myself and I was taking care of other people also. And, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You see the shift that's happening there? He's saying, not only am I working hard so that I have what I need, but I'm working hard so that I can see the needs around me and, and take care of those. And he says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now that is a really, really powerfully true statement. But everything in our culture uh, wants to convince us it's not true. But our, our Lord and Savior said that. The one that made you, put you together, and knows you intimately. He says, listen, I'm going to tell you something about yourself and something about true joy and true peace. Something that your soul craves. It is more blessed. You will be more blessed when you give than when you receive. What our problem is, we consume everything we have. We, we lifestyle our way. You know, every, every year, if we, if we are blessed enough to... To get a pay raise, we never even we never even see that pay raise. Wonder well, where did it go? I, didn't I get like more money, or you changed jobs, or you, you know, maybe you downsized, and so you've got a, a little bit more of cushion. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, wait a minute, where did it go? What happened to it? We just we just blow right past it. We we don't intentionally leave anything. There, there are no leftovers, and we we don't have the ability to be generous, and so we're missing a huge blessing that. Jesus promised us we could have. We'll miss it. And I know a lot of people, unfortunately, that will live their entire lives and never receive this blessing that God wants you to have. We miss it entirely. One thing that has really made us unique and healthy, I believe, one of the things that has made us blessed as a church, you know, which is you. Church is the people. It's us. You know, on the whole... We strive to be generous. We really do. We want, we, we, I think most of us understand this promise from God, uh, and that's what we want. The, the amount of time and energy and money that goes out from this place to go help other people is, is amazing to me. 
when I sit back, I always kind of sit back at this time of the year and start thinking through the past year and, and looking through old pictures and, you know, even looking at our calendar. And like, oh, remember when we did that? I remember so-and-so, they, they did this. And, oh, this happened. And I'm always amazed at how much is accomplished. We, we are not a church that is just sitting on a big pile of cash. Sometimes I wish we were. That wouldn't that be nice? That'd be boring, is what it would be if we if we just had that if we had it that easy. But but I'll be honest, we, we keep things a little on the lean side around here, and, and in a lot of ways I think that has been good because we've seen over and over again how God provides for our needs in our time of need. He hasn't given us all the reserves ahead of time, uh, and, and I think that helps us from becoming complacent. I had two conversations just this past week with minister friends of mine. Uh, one that is, is at a church that they have so much money. I had somebody died, you know, years ago and left them a huge nest egg. And so they just live off the interest. Nobody's generous in the church. They don't need them to be. They're just sitting on this big pile of cash and they never spend any of it. And it's just, I, I look at that and I say, oh, what, a, what a shame. What a, what a shame for the kingdom. And I was talking to another friend that they're, they're in a church that they've got a lot of big givers he said, yeah, this year, in 2022, we've already taken in all of our budget need for the year, and we've taken in an excess. We've already covered next year's budget as well, and they're not doing a thing either. And I think, what a, what a shame. So, so, so sometimes I think, boy, I wish we were sitting on a big pile of cash. And then other times I think, no, God has given us what we need for when we need it to be as effective as we can be. That's what he's called us to do. That's who he's called us to be, not just as a church, but that's who he's called you to be as an individual. He says, I will provide what you need when you need it. That's called faith. And I think about these words of Jesus. It's more blessed. You are more blessed. You will receive more of a blessing in your life when you give rather than when you receive. I always like uh, one of our elders here. Uh, Rick Johnstone told me something about several months ago. He said, you know, money is kind of like manure. When it's spread out, it can do a whole lot of good, but in a big pile, it just stinks. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. But this is, this is the problem. This is the problem. Not many of us have made a plan. We don't have a plan to be generous. Uh, we, we have not allowed ourselves the margin to be generous. There's no leftovers. There's, there's nothing. And if we're going to think about it in that way, and I don't mean it, again, I don't mean this in a condescending way, like, oh, let's give God the leftovers. I, for me, the leftovers are the, are the best part. You know, I want to make sure, I want to plan to make sure we have those. You know, I, if we don't have the space, we'll never receive the blessing of it. And if Jesus said those words, if he said that, then I believe it, that you will be more blessed you are more blessed when you give. You want to be blessed by God? This is, this is my point. You can't give it if you don't have it. So we'll miss out on a blessing. We'll, we'll miss out on this blessed life just because we failed to plan. Because we weren't disciplined. You know, this is the thing that was amazing to me as we, as we walked through, you know, over the last eight weeks, we walked through the book of Philippians. And we're talking about joy and peace. And how do we have it? And the thing that uh, amazes me over and over again is we treat those things like it's just something that God is going to just infuse into us. Like, I don't have to do anything if I'll just wake up and, you know, say, yep, I follow Jesus. He's just going to reach down and just zap those things into me. And that's just not the way it works. It's about decisions and choices 
and being intentional and disciplined. The, the choices that I make on a daily basis are affecting what's happening. God is working with me and I'm working with him. And if we continue to believe the lie from our culture that we need to have this to be happy, and there's so many of us in this room right now that are living paycheck to paycheck. And for some of us, it is because money is tight and inflation has been horrible. And it's, it's, uh, we're making hard decisions. And that is, that is some, but I, I believe that's the minority. The majority of us, in, in that position right now that we're living paycheck to paycheck. The reason why we're doing that is because we have not made a plan to have any financial margin. We haven't planned for leftovers. We spend too much money on things that promise to make us happy and they never do. We continue to take on debt and make the payments because it's 0% interest for six months, same as cash, blah, blah, blah. And I've got to have that. I need the upgrade. I need this thing. And this is going to scratch the itch for me. And you buy it, and you immediately have buyer's remorse. You know the feeling. And it just leaves us a little more stressed in a little more debt. And we, we still, at the end of the day, have nothing to show for it. It is not a blessing to be in debt. It is not a blessing to be in debt. In God's word, Proverbs 22, verse 7, it says, just as, listen to these words, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is a servant to the lender. I don't know about you, I don't want to be a servant to anybody but Christ. I don't want anybody telling me that this is who you are and this is who you're going to be and you're supposed to do these things because I own you. But that's what God's word says. The borrower is a slave to to the lender. If we continue to put ourselves in situations where we're borrowing and borrowing and charging and 0% interest for six months, we're living way beyond our means, we continue to do that, we're missing out on the best parts of life. Yeah. Jesus says it's more blessed to give because there's nothing left over. And this is a hard thing for us to do. We're, talk, we're talking about discipline. I'm talking about planning. Those aren't like Really fun and exciting words. But it's so necessary to change our mindset in regards to what we have and what God has given us and the things that we want. And I'm just going to tell you from my personal experience, I, I, you know, I don't, there's some things I don't like sharing very often, but I think it may be helpful to share a little bit about just my and Megan's personal journey through with, with generosity. Uh, we, we've taken this very seriously for, for many years. Early in our marriage, we, so I, I grew up in a home, we were always broke. We never had money. And, uh, and then when we got a little bit of money, we, it was like we had to spend it or else it would leave us. You know? And it's just weird. Where Megan's family is a lot more steady. And uh, anyway, when we, when we married and got together, um, I was broke and busted. I was a youth minister at a small little church out in the middle of nowhere making $24,000 a year. Uh, Megan wasn't working. And man, it was like, we weren't making, I mean, it was, just, it was just trying to make the ends meet. You know, it wasn't much money. Then we got pregnant and it's like, oh no, now we got to, it just felt like I'm already, I always heard the description that when, when you're young and broke and all that stuff, having a baby is like you're, you're out in the middle of the ocean just treading water, trying to keep your head above. And then somebody hands you a baby. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. It's like, now what are we going to do? And, uh, and in, the, in the midst of all of that, we weren't giving. 
We were not giving. Didn't have the money. I would tell Megan, Sue, I don't have the money to do that. And I can remember her talking to me. And one day, I remember the day, we're sitting in the living room. And she says, I really think that we need to do this. I don't think that, I, th- I believe we're missing out on major blessings that God wants to bring into our lives. But we're not experiencing them because we're not giving. And I s- said to her, honey, I, I love you, but we don't have the, the money. We, we, we don't have the ability to give. And she looked right at me. She says, I thought I married a Christian man. <laughs> and that, I mean, it just twists the knife, you know. So I said, okay, fine. That kind of, that kind of hurt a little bit. So I said, fine, let's, let's, let's give then. You, you write the check. You just put whatever number on there you want to. And I remember the, the day, which was the Sunday at church. He was going to put the check in the offering plate. And I am hearing the sound in my mind as she's putting in there, just boing, 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 boing. It's just going to bounce all over the place, you know. And, uh, and I, can, I can tell you that this, without getting into all the details, how God provided. That week we got a check in the mail from an uncle of mine that has never given me a dime, but it was like covered everything that we needed. And that happened again and again and again. Not, not checks in the mail, but just ways that God provided and ways that he blessed us. We have treated debt. There's a lot of things that Megan and I have done not, not great. But there's some things that I, I look back on, man, I wouldn't change that for anything. We've treated debt like it's a disease. I just refuse to take on debt. We have driven beater cars. I get people that give me garbage all the time for, why don't you buy your wife a new car? Why don't you do this? Well, you need to get this upgrade. You need to do that. And I'm saying, because I don't want to. Because there's no way. I'm, I'm not going to make those payments. We're saving up. We have, uh, when it comes to clothing, we, we have bought, continue to buy. To this day, we buy clothes secondhand. Online or at uh, secondhand stores. Matter of fact, every year for Christmas, we buy each other clothes. Guess where they come from? They're not brand new to us. And a lot of times they still have the tags on them. It's amazing, but you get them for a fraction of the price. You know, I'm always looking for deals everywhere I go. And we live on this principle that has worked out really well for us. And I just, it's, you know, it's not new to me, but it's just called 10-10-80. The first 10% of our income goes back to the Lord. Because he said to do this, and Jesus said it's more blessed when you give than when you receive. So that first 10% goes to God. We, we have done that for years, and I can tell you, te- true testimony, he's blessed our lives over and over and over and over and over. The second 10%, I invest. I save it. I plan for leftovers. I hope that one day that things will go well, and someday down the road we'll be able to be more generous. And hopefully we'll be able to, to survive and be some kind of comfortable in our, in our later years. But that other 80% we live on, that's what pays our bills. That's what we use to, to eat. That's what we use to buy clothes. That's what we use to go on vacation with. We don't dip into our savings for anything unless it's an emergency. That 80% is what we use to, to do all the things that we want to do. And we don't, we don't fudge on that at all. We've allowed room for margin. And I'll tell you, I've got a whole lot less stress in my life that I used to have years ago that I don't have anymore. Because we made choices along the way and said, you know, I'm not going to buy that new car. I'm not going to put that on a credit card. I'm not going to go buy that shiny thing. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to have a little more discipline in my life because I believe that this is what God has called me to do. And because of that habit, we don't, we don't have any debt other than our mortgage. We've got a little bit that's we're attacking like crazy. Our house will be paid off uh, in probably about seven years. And other than that, we have no debt in our life. 
Because I believe this is a biblical principle, that the borrower is a servant, a slave to the lender. And I am not going to be a servant to anybody but Jesus Christ. I refuse to do it. I pay in cash. Uh, if there's something I need or something I want, I save. And I'm working hard to instill that in my children. They're 15, 13, and 11. That The oldest two they have had summer jobs for the last few years. They're learning how to be generous. And they're learning how to save. I've talked to them about the dangers of student loans. I will not allow my children to take on an exorbitant amount of debt. I refuse to let them take on student loans. Because I have gone through that myself. Uh, there's so many other options that don't include burdening yourself with a lifetime of trying to pay something off. It's a, it's a blessed life. And we talked about that last, last week. If you, you want to be blessed, a simple life is a blessed life. We don't need tons of stuff to be happy. We just don't need it. Our culture says we do, but we don't need to surround ourselves with more to have joy. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And with just a couple of minutes I have left, let me, let me tell you the secret to all this, because it is, it is hard to change your mindset, to fight the urge to have more, to be able to give generously. I believe we all want to be generous, but we feel like we can't. Because if, if we give it, then we won't have it. I'll tell you a secret. It's, it is easier to give when it's not your money. Isn't it? If somebody were to give you, you know, $100 and say, hey, go be generous with this. You say, oh, great. That sounds like fun. It's a lot easier to give when it's not yours. And we have to recognize and understand that we serve a God who is generous and he provides for us everything that we actually have everything that we have does not belong to you it belongs to god if you read first chronicles 29 verse 14 this is david speaking he says who am i and who are my people that we could give anything to you because everything that we have has come from you we only give you what you first gave us you see the perspective there? It's all God's. The world is His and the fullness thereof, Scripture tells us. Uh, your money isn't your money to begin with. Naked you came into the world and naked you will depart. We are, we are the Bible tells us that we're like stewards. We're stewarding. We're like caretakers for a little while. You know, another thing that's easy to give when it's not yours is time. It's a lot easier, you know, if you're a boss or manager, say, hey, guys, we're going to take the afternoon off. I'm giving you all the afternoon off so you can go serve somewhere. That's easy to do. It's easy for me to tell my kids, hey, I want you guys to go out and rake the neighbor's leaves. I'm going to sit in the house. You guys go rake the neighbor's leaves. I feel really good about that. It's easier to give somebody else's time. But the truth is, your time is not your time either. You think about this. If you're a follower of Jesus... Your life is not your life. It doesn't belong to you. Because when I accepted Jesus and I said, I want you to be my Savior, I want you to be the Lord of my life, Scripture says that we are not our own, that we were bought at a price. And we're called to honor God with our lives, to honor Him and with His resources that He's entrusted to us. And when you really start to gain that perspective, you realize that th these things are not my things. This is, this is, these are God's things. It's a lot easier to be faithful to him with it. 
It's just a lot easier to do that. We're simply stewarding what belongs to God. So we move, we, we move our mindset from these are my resources to these are God's resources. And when we do that, it unlocks something different. You look for ways to bless other people. You look for ways to meet needs. Like Paul talked about in that scripture we read earlier. I, I work hard, not just for myself, but I'm also working hard so I can help other people. Because God is using me in that way. He's blessing me so I can bless others. And let me tell you, you can do this. You can do this. You can experience the blessing that God wants you to experience in your life by allowing yourself leftovers, financial margin, breathing room. It's, it's about discipline. It's putting God first. If you can do those two things, if you can learn to do those two things, be disciplined and to put God first. Say no to this so that I can say yes to God. He will, he will bless your life. Philippians 4.19. We looked at this verse last week. It's, it's a great reminder. Paul says, the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So I look around here and I see so many great things that happen and people giving their life to, to Christ. Students and kids that are Growing in their faith, people finding freedom from addiction and pain. Relationships have started and they, they deepen over time. Communities that are served and helped. And We don't have a lot as a church. But we always have what we need. And there are opportunities ahead. I, I, believe God is, I believe that God is asking us to do more. I think what we've been doing over the last several years has been wonderful and good. And, but I believe God's calling us to do more. To reach more. There's a lot of lost people out there. I drive in here every day during the week and I just pass all these neighborhoods and homes and people that are just desperate in need of Jesus. We're, we're called to be workers in his harvest field. We're supposed to go out and reach them. We need to be a church that is strong. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. I, I just want to encourage you today, especially as we head into a season of giving and generosity. We're thanking, we're thanking God for all that he's done. Don't forget to plan for leftovers. Don't forget to, to honor the Lord and put him first with everything you have. I'm just going to close with this story. It's about a guy that I find so inspiring. It's a guy by the name of Orville Rogers. He was born in 1917. And uh, when he was six years old, his father abandoned his family. Uh, so he grew up in a, you know, Single mom household, didn't have much. But he developed two passions when he was a teenager. One was for Jesus. He became, became a Christian and loved the Lord. But the other thing was for flying. Dude loved airplanes. And uh, ended up, he uh, started flying and became a pilot. He uh, flew and taught people how to fly bombers in World War II. And became a commercial airline pilot. Did that for about 30 years. L lived an amazing life. This guy did just crazy things. But out of his love for the Lord, uh, he became very passionate about Bible translations. Because there's so many people around the world that don't have a Bible in their spoken language. And so many little native tribes and places where missionaries haven't been able to get into and those sort of things. And so he began to help fly missionaries into these countries. He, he couldn't speak the language. He, he wasn't a Bible translator but he was able to fly people there who were and, and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And he just gave and gave and gave of his time. And, but he didn't just give of his time. He gave of his treasure, too. He began to, to, 
to fund some of those airplanes that they were purchasing, and he generously contributed to Bible translation and to his church and to other Christian causes that he was passionate about. And there's so many things that, that inspire me about, about Orville Rogers, but the number one thing that inspires me is that in the 40 years that he worked uh, in the military and as a commercial airline pilot, the total of all of his wages, all of his salary over those 40 years was $1.5 million. You think, well, that's a lot of money. It is. But when you divide that by 40 and you realize, okay, you realize that was pretty modest salary, you know, for an airline pilot. Back then, it didn't, didn't make a, you know, didn't get paid as much. But, but get this, over the course of his lifetime, of 40 years, his, all he made in 40 years' time was $1.5 million, and yet... By the time he died at 101 years old, he had given away over $35 million. Now, how was he able to do that? He didn't do it all at once. He wasn't the type of guy that just, oh yeah, invest, invest, and then when he died, all of it went somewhere. He was faithful. He was faithful all of his life, generous, God continuing to use him and bless his life. And the way that it happened, he lived below his means. He gave 10% to the Lord of all of his income every, every year, and then he was disciplined in investing. He invested money, he planned for leftovers, and as those investments would grow, he would give it away. And he would invest, it would grow, God would provide increase, he would give it away. And he just kept doing that over and over and over again. God lived a blessed life. I mean, just incredible things that he, he did and experienced, so much impact for the kingdom, great health. I mean, God lived to 101 years old. At 99, he won a, a national race for senior citizens. I think it was the 100-yard dash. 99 years old, he's won, beat out a guy that was 92 years old by 0.05 seconds. And they said, well, it must have been because of the 92-year-old's inexperience. You know, just those extra seven years made all the difference. I mean, great guy, blessed man, made such a difference around the world for the gospel, and all because he was faithful with a little. He was faithful. And God entrusted him with more, and he was faithful with more. He knew that all these resources weren't his, but he knew and believed that they belonged to the Lord. And he was just a vessel. So my challenge to us is let's not... Wait around. Let's, let's do it now. Whatever God has called you to do, be faithful in that. And trust that God will provide. And one more little challenge to you that I mentioned a few weeks ago is I would hope that everybody here this week would plan on inviting some friends over to your house and have just a little friends giving. You know, maybe some people in your neighborhood or whoever, people that you'd like to have over just to come. And you don't have to do Thanksgiving food. You can order pizza if you want to. But just I would challenge you this week to invite some people around your table. And I'd like for you to do one thing for me. Uh, this is something we're going to give all of our small group leaders, and we're challenging them to do it as well. But find a little vessel like this in your house. I'm sure you've got 80,000 of them. But find something like this that you can sit on your table. And what I'd like for you to do before you guys eat, when you have your friends over and you're sitting around the table, is give everybody a glass of water and encourage them to go around the table and just say one thing that they're thankful for this year. What's one way that God has blessed their life? And as they do, just pour a little water in the vessel. And everybody go around, just keep doing that. Everybody say something they're thankful for and pour some water in. And do that till it overflows. I always think about there's so many scriptures that say that 
you know, what God has put into our life, you know, that, that it, would, it would bubble up and overflow, that we would overflow with thankfulness and gratefulness. So maybe that's a corny little thing. Maybe it's kind of dorky or dweeby or whatever. But I just would like for you to do that and just see if it isn't a blessing as everybody goes around and talks about how good God has been. Because we forget. See, the problem is we're, we're not like this. We, we have holes in us. So the joy that God puts into our life, it leaks. <laughs> and we got to keep reminding ourselves how good he's been to us. So I challenge you to, to do that and then have a prayer. Just thank God for being good. Let me pray for you. We'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank you that you have been so good to us. You, you are faithful. We, we, you, you, don't leave, you don't leave us alone. You don't let us to, to fall and, and be by ourselves. You're always you're always with us. You're always watching. And you're always meeting our needs. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to be steady, to trust you, to be unwavering in our faith. And, our, and, and to know that you are a God who is for us. You are a God who loves to bless his children. So help us to be faithful followers. But we love you. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. And we thank you for this season that we reflect and we just, we just sit back and we just are in awe of how good you are. Thank you for our families. Thank you for this church. This church family, the people we, we care for one another. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Most of all, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus so that we can have forgiveness of our sin and the gift and the promise of everlasting life in heaven with you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.